Hello, everyone. So, here are other reasons why I'll be barely having sex and barely casually dating. As a future CEO, there'll be invitations to facilities and institutions, hosting guests and guests hosting us, visitations in homes, hospitals, works, surgeries, doctors' visits, dentists' visits, parents' and teacher conferences, um, ball games, sporting athletic events, artsy creative events. Um, my future entities, work days in all environments, ensuring safety, stopping by and checking in, ensuring proper allocations of resources, I'll be doing researching, studying, reading. I have my me time, doing my hobbies, um, my favorite hobbies. I'll have my loved ones and inner circle time. I have to um, interact when it comes to all electronic communications via email, social media news groups, chat rooms, video conferencing, instant messaging, text, phone, fax, etc., including answering and transferring of calls and communication. I'll be teaching. I'll be speaking. I'll be helping with the healing of people. And in non-traditional houses of worship, I'll be the, I'll be guest preaching. Um, I'll be, I'll be doing analyses of term goals, short and long. Um, regarding my future entity, analysis of our, of policies and procedures regarding my future entity, analysis of our budgets and finances regarding my future entity, analysis of ourselves with the public with my future entity. I'll be doing daily fireside chats on my podcast, Patreon, YouTube channel, my entire social media. Uh, um... I'll be doing reviewing my daily briefings, sensitive matters of classified information about the world's affairs regarding my future entity. I'll be doing press conferences and press events regarding my future entity. I'll be answering fan mail slash chilling with fans. Um, there'll be there'll be you know interruptions, phone calls, writing and typing speeches, um, preaching. Uh, Unitarian Universalist type of sermons, you know, the not unconventional houses of worship, uh, telling all about text messages, letters, presentations, emails, notes of encouragement and messages, emergencies, unusual occurrences, hotlines, special permission to enter any facility on the basis of eradicating danger, staging interventions and preventions and other happenstances, helping kids with homework as well as chaperoning them. Um, I'll be a, like an intimacy coordinator, intimacy choreographer. Uh, I'll be a, um, I'll be doing commemorations, weddings. I'll be like funerals slash repeats slash burials slash cremation slash delivering eulogies providing care ceremonies for the bereaved family before during after the burial 
and keeping them in our lives, birthdays, proms, holidays, assemblages, special day, come-togethers, graduations, parties, public occasions, slash social occasions, both religious and secular, attending events and functions worldwide. So basically, I'll be at all these all these um, outings. Then social life with the public and those who truly appreciate for me. As a celebrant, also called an efficient, I, I will often perform ceremonies in parks, on beaches, on mountains, on boats, on hiking trails and hotels and banquet halls and private homes and many other places. I also perform religious and secular celebrancy services for weddings, marital vow renewals, funerals, chi- child namings, God family functions, coming of age ceremonies, and other rituals and providing care services for loved ones and the honored persons themselves before, during, after the festivities. I give folks away at weddings, be folks' prom dates, appropriately and lawfully speaking. And I perform special services at special events. Then there'll be celebrations, festivities, happy hours, weekly celebrations, honor of our staff, giving them rest and rewards. Weekly celebrations in honor of our clients, giving them rest and rewards. Uh, they both get courtesy, all at my future entity. Well, situating ourselves and others through positive reinforcement, constructive criticism at our future in, at, at my future entity. Uh, sightseeing, exploring, adventuring, um, overseeing, conducting our boards, committees, councils, task force, commissions for each and every topic, department, division, issue, um, managing departments slash divisions, managing busy programs, administering, administrating slash delegating activities, running a mega organization my future entity, virtual and in-person courtesy calls, an hour of peace and quiet, daily devotions and affirmations, meaning um, they'll all be um, motivational speaking kind of devotion and affirmations. Uh, then, I, then there's business fundraisers at gala banquets. It'll be filming, artistic, artistic projects, doing TV shows on the set rehearsals. Then there's multilingual conferences, conventions and conferences. Um, I think a, a plot, plan, strategize, organize, and mobilize. Then there's business and networking ventures, industry partnerships and coalitions, wise interpreting of dreams slash visions slash life experiences, wise sage life guru, special forms with concerned people, having their voices result in policy reality in private rooms, creating a homely atmosphere, using their good ideas for our good advantage and making sure they get endless chances for positive differences, promoting inner peace, quality of life, well-being, self-care, simple living and minimalism. I also do all these things myself. Then I have to spend, you know, doing right for right to right with right of right and by right by any means necessary. And for the people, to the people, with the people, of the people and by the people, I'll be running errands. Um, I'll be doing sessions, seminars, summits, workshops, conclaves, parliamentary meetings, trade shows, expos, board meetings, annual general meetings. Um, society constantly helping us improve, doing healthy political movements. Encouraging, motivating, inspiring, taking field trips and inspecting the field, working inside and in the outside, inspections for both 
also. Then there'll be building positive relationships and building positive outreach within cultural diversity, multiculturalism, inter- interviews, Q and A's, question questions and answers, and shows to go. Then there'll be like chores and repairs, maintenance, reviewing our progression, success, our failures, and regression, turning our weaknesses into strengths, and keeping our strength strong. Branching the new markets and expanding the organization, training outcasts next generations for effective leadership. Then I'll be a humanist chaplain, basically. We do not harm our work life balance. Our administration takes time sharing vocational duties so we all can be properly empowered and have plenty of downtime, downtime for ourselves and people. We are allowing ourselves for us and others to honor our human limitations. We allow ourselves luxuries of restfully retreating from pools. Pulls, pressures, demands, and responsibilities when we need to. We avoid the traps of people-pleasing, people-appeasing, workaholism, and health management. We have our RBM rest, boundaries, and margin. We take plenty of days off. We do open plan spaces, cubicles, and private offices. And I'll be spending a lot of time avoiding comfort addiction, approval addiction, ambition addiction, and addiction to the temporary and help others avoid them as well. Um... And I want to expound on something I may have said in the last, um, you know, I'll be doing a lot of recruiting, coaching, and mentoring. And um, that means I'll often, when I, in the last episode, I talked about spending a lot of time not at home. That means lodging constantly, traveling constantly, transportation constantly, flying constantly, hitting the road constantly. I'll be basically treating my home like a hotel because I may spend more time in other people's homes and than my own home. I may spend more time in other people's world of work than my own. And regular meetings, special meetings, adjourned meetings, executive sessions, public sessions. I said that in the last episode, but let me expand more so you won't think I'm just unnecessarily repeating myself. That means I'll be meeting, I may be meeting more with other people than my own entity. So, that's real. And um, I'll definitely spend more time off camera in porn than on camera in porn. Because... Other porn companies will say, hey, you know, we need your help when it comes to directing, producing, filmmaking, publishing, instructing, promoting, um, managing, film crew leading, photography, website developing, webmaster, sales personnel, book and magazine writing, editor, commemorations. I already talked about that. Okay. But, um, yeah. And they'll also say, hey. Can you help us uh, with creating business models, negotiating trade, making press releases, drawing up contracts with other owners, buying and selling content, offering technical support, running service, billing services, pay- billing services and payroll, organizing trade shows, various events, doing marketers and marketers, sales forecasting, providing human resources, providing tax services and legal support. Yeah, there'll be ethical porn companies that'll be like, hey, we need your help more off screen than on screen because we need to fully make sure that we're treating our consumers 
our executive leadership, the rest of our staff, and most importantly, the performers, with human indecency, protecting them from inhumane indecency. So that is why we barely having those are some of the reasons why we barely having sex and barely casually dating. So imagery of news celebrities and ethical feminist porn or have you, those type of companies. I'll be spending I'll hardly do those things on camera, but I'll be making sure that those things are in line with human rights much more often off camera. Which will also give you a better understanding of why I am setting keeping firm healthy mental boundaries, healthy emotional boundaries, healthy physical boundaries, healthy time boundaries, healthy material boundaries, healthy intellectual boundaries, healthy internal boundaries, healthy social boundaries, healthy personal boundaries, healthy professional boundaries, healthy legal boundaries, healthy spiritual boundaries, healthy sexual boundaries with self and others. And they'll be running a lot of errands. So there you have it, folks. I just had to, these are things that I wrote down and I'm reciting to you. Here are other things that um, I'm writing down. I wrote down, I'll be reciting to you. My private personal life ethics. I'm a healthy open book. I'm a healthy tell-all book. Mind letting it all hang out when it comes to my entire life is healthy. All things to me are positive relevance, positive relatability, and positive residence. I'm literally and figuratively naked and ashamed 100%. I lovingly, openly, correctly, but not perfectly address all issues and all subjects in my entire life and just other people's lives and just lives in general. So, to make it clear, my dream callings, I'll mention some of them because I wrote a lot. Um... Basically, I'm a freedom fighter, civil rights secure, human rights secure, reformer for good and greater good. So now you understand even more of why we barely having sex and barely uh, casually uh, dating. Um... And I also want to give, I also want to give other reasons why I'll be barely having sex and barely casually dating. Well, I am moving my attention away from the traumatic approaches to relationships and the traumatic approaches to sex as a way of self-recuperation, self-recovery. And it is painful for me to admit this, but I'm going to do it so other people can be set free along with me. Um...
sexual trauma uh, taught me to engage in sexual self-abuse, sexual self-abasement, sexual self-blame, sexual self-destructive behavior, sexual self-harm, sexual self-hatred, sexual self-neglect, and sexual self-victimization, and metaphorically, sexual self-suicide. In other words, because of the sexual trauma, I was sexually living life in the fast lane. I was sexually living too fast. I was sexually living fast and dying young. And I was sexually all over the place in all of the awful ways. I was sexually living on a death wish. And then it gets worse. There was sexual community abuse. In this case, being sexually reckless with other people. So there was sexual community abasement. Sexual community blame. Sexual community destructive behavior, sexual community harm, sexual community hatred, sexual community neglect, and sexual community victimization. In other words, it wasn't just me engaging in sexual self-recklessness. There was sexual community recklessness. In other words... Imagine sexually living too fast with others. Sexually living fast and dying young with others. Sexually living life in the fast lane with others. And sexually living on a death wish with others. That's what happened to me. And no, we did not sexually abuse each other. There were no sex crimes. I'm just saying that... um, We were improperly using the gift of sex and sexuality and sensual eroticism um, together um, because the trauma inspired us to do all these things. And so, subconsciously, I was having as many sex partners as I could. It was never a conscious thing. Um, The trauma took over my took over my behavior for years, and I've undid all the 
trauma possession of my body and my soul. So I now get to um, focus on personal development, professional development, and both are more important to me than sex and romance. And also, me sexually slowing my life and myself down helps me to overcome the sexual calamities of my past. So it's a way for me to um, to heal and to restore myself. And also, it helps me to To understand that moderation when it comes to sex having is the best way for me to keep transmission scares at bay and sexual moderation helps me to be my best medically speaking for me to be at my utmost medically sound self. And it helps me to not worry about diagnoses consistently. And religion is not any of the factors of my barely having sex and barely casually dating. Other reasons for me barely having sex, barely casually dating is that it helps me to keep in mind that I don't have to spend so much money on contraceptives, birth control, uh, condoms, even hormonal IUDs and birth control pills on insensitive lovers and desensitized lovers. I get to spend uh, moderate amounts of money on contraception, condoms, birth control, birth control pills, and hormonal IUDs on sensitive lovers and sensitized lovers. Um, and sexual moderation is the key for me of having very little risk of contracting an STI and an STD. Um, Also, my sexual moderation has, for me, little to no risk of unintended pregnancies and unwanted children. And sexual moderation for me frees up most of my time to focus on my career, which is my calling, my friendships, my family, chosen family, and the and and those in the public that need me. Um my sexual moderation helps provide the most space for me to get to know 
my intimate partners outside of sexual activity and people in general outside of sexual activity. And I, and my sexual moderation helps me to properly comprehend the difference between internal attraction and external attraction. Um, those are other reasons why I'll be barely having sex and barely casually dating. And relying on the kindness of strangers is what I'll be doing. So, that's the last reason why I'll be barely having sex and casually dating. And without further ado, um, let's talk about religion. Um, As I have read the Bible, especially the Old Testament... According to the Bible writers, God suffers from mental breakdowns. According to the Bible writers, God suffers from mental disabilities. According to the Bible writers, God suffers from mental diseases. According to the Bible writers, God suffers from mental disorders. According to the Bible writers, God suffers from mental health conditions. According to the Bible writers, God suffers from mental illnesses. According to the Bible writers, God suffers from nervous breakdowns. According to the Bible writers, God suffers from psychiatric disabilities. According to the Bible writers, God suffers from psychiatric disorders. According to the Bible writers, God suffers from psychological disabilities. And according to the Bible writers, God suffers from psychological disorders. According to the Bible writers, God suffers from psychosis, paranoia, mania, depression, anxiety, and agitation. According to the Bible writers, God suffers from social problems, cognitive impairment, and suicidal ideation. According to the Bible writers, God suffers from... Anxiety disorders, eating disorders, mood disorders, personality disorders, psychotic disorders, and possesses all the traits of substance use disorders and alcohol use disorder. According to the Bible writers, God suffers from homicidal ideation. According to the Bible writers, God needs antidepressants, antipsychotics, mood stabilizers, um, stimulants, and anxiolytics in terms of medication. According to the Bible writers, God needs therapists. 
According to the Bible writers, God needs psychiatrists. According to the Bible writers, God needs psychologists. According to the Bible writers, God needs tutors. According to the Bible writers, God needs learning specialists. According to the Bible writers, God needs teachers. According to the Bible writers, God needs job coaches. According to the Bible writers, God needs career coaches. According to the Bible writers, God needs business coaches. According to the Bible writers, God needs business consultants. According to the Bible writers, God needs sex coaches. According to the Bible writers, God needs sexologists. According to the Bible writers, God needs intimacy choreographers. According to the Bible writers, God needs intimacy coordinators. According to the Bible writers, God needs sexual trauma specialists. According to the Bible writers, God needs marriage and family therapy, even couples counseling. According to the Bible writers, God needs its own big brother younger sibling program. According to the Bible writers, God needs solitary confinement. According to the Bible writers, God needs to be a psychiatric institution resident. According to the Bible writers, God needs to be put on time out. According to the Bible writers, God needs to be grounded alongside the removal of privileges. According to the Bible writers, God needs the good touch, bad touch program. According to the Bible writers, God needs comprehensive sexuality education. According to the Bible writers, God suffers from self-sabotage. According to the Bible writers, God is a crime boss also known as a mob boss. According to the Bible writers, God is the lead gang banger of its own street gangs. And... And lastly, according to the Bible writers, God is the ultimate totalitarian, authoritarian, Orwellian dictator 
who has the most dictatorial regimes. God of the Bible, he needs anger management classes, sensitivity training and diversity training. So that's why I reject a religious God. But what I will say is I have an imagination of God that is a human rights God. And let me tell you that the human rights God is accepting of all, admiring all, brave to all, confident to all, cooperative to all, creative to all, curious about all without being intrusive, Uh, decisive, determined, disciplined, dynamic, impact, empathetic, enthusiastic, fair, flexible, the healthy type of focused, forgiving, generous, genuine, grateful, happy, honest, hopeful, humorous, independent, intelligent, kind, loving, loyal, modest, Merciful, motivated, nurturing, open-minded, optimistic, organized, patient, healthy, perceptive, polite, positive, practical, pragmatic, relaxed, reliable, resilient, respectful, responsible, sensitive, skilled, steadfast, thoughtful, thrifty, trusting, healthy type of tolerant, strong in all the correct senses of the word. Well-balanced, well-rounded, well-adjusted, well-unified, humorous. Outgoing when need be, reserved when need be. Inner life is more important than outer life to the human rights God. Patient, intelligent, rest when resting and wise working when wise working. That's how the human rights God is.
according to my vivid imagination. I would say that, let's say my life depended on it and I had to choose a messianic figure to disciple myself after and follow. I'd pick the human rights Jesus. That means I reject the religious Jesus. If my life depended upon it and I had to pick a spirit to guide me and I can only pick one, I would pick the human rights Holy Spirit. Therefore, I reject the religious Holy Spirit because I reject the religious God. If I had to pick a God, I only could pick one. Let's say believers say, okay, you you can only pick one God. Monotheism, if you will. I'd rather pick the human rights God, meaning I reject the religious God. So... I wouldn't mind knowing the human rights holy trinity. The religious holy trinity, I reject. Let's say believers said, okay, if you had to pick supernaturalism, you're saying you would pick the human rights holy trinity. Yes, my life depended on it and I had to, I would pick that. I would pick them. To me, human rights is my religion. And to me, supernaturalism should be the catalyst for human rights. If we, if believers want to go theological with me, what's the point of all these miracles but there's no human rights for all. That's what I would say to believers. Like, human rights is the second biggest miracle to me. The first biggest miracle to me is my grandma Clara pouring into me, despite my being an organized crime, giving me the universal Christ consciousness that helped me survive organized crime and thrive after. And the universal Christ consciousness to me is about people oozing gentleness with generosity combined and they ooze it to all who will cross their path and the paths that they'll cross in the future and they don't just ooze these qualities to themselves um, notice I didn't make any of that of religiousness, keep that in mind. And 
That's the only form of supernaturalism I would be willing to accept if I had no choice, if I had to. Um, I, if I had to pick other forms of supernaturalism, believers say, okay, okay, angels. Pick, pick what, you can, you can only pick one type of angels and archangels. I'd pick the human rights angels and human rights archangels. Therefore, I reject the religious angels and religious archangels. Okay, you can only pick one guardian angel. I'd pick the human rights guardian angels. I would reject the religious guardian angels. Okay. Demons. My response to that is... that I do think that people can make themselves demons in a figurative sense. The words political corruption should come to your mind. So it's like with original sin, I would say people make themselves original sin. I think that you can betray your nature long enough to where you take out what's in there and you can contaminate it. You can be so detached from your nature that after a while, you can literally, I think you can literally make yourself pure evil. I've seen people do it when I was a child. It, you become your pure evils long enough. Some people, it's like some people say you can separate the music from the art. You can't do that with everybody. There are some people that what they do is who they are. It's like a rapist. You can't separate rape from the from the rapist and go, but they do all these positive things. No. What they're doing is not positive. What they're doing is doing all these seemingly quote-unquote nice things to cover up the ultimate lack of niceness that they do to other people, which is right. So it's not really positive at all. If you use positivity to uphold negativity, there's nothing positive about that whatsoever. So with rapists, you can't separate the so-called good they do with the rapes that they actually do. With, With pure evil, you can't separate their quote-unquote art from who they are. Mm -mm. There's no art in pure evil. So I would say to believers, on that one, people literally make themselves demons because of the choices that they make. I don't think people are born bad. I think that people can make themselves bad. That happens to people who start off good and they just became nightmares to the end. Um, And I know for myself that sometimes it makes me question whether they're really good in the first place, which is a astute question to ask. So I say to believers, like, hey, there's no human rights and demons. 
And I would say that I do admit that there are evil forces in the world. That has proven to be true. Just read history and watch history documentaries. The proof is in the pudding, as the old schoolers would say. So, I know some believers will say, do you think that there could be supernatural demons? I would say, all I know is that pure evil is real. And that pure evil, some people are forced to inhabit it. And some people impose pure evil upon themselves, forcing themselves to inhabit it. So I I would say it's possible. All I know is I don't fully understand the origin of good and evil. I just know they both exist. I just know that people, you have people who are pure evil that can make themselves good. That has happened throughout history. People who used to be racist, now they're racial justice warriors where you have some people who used to be members of the Klan who said, you know what, fuck the Ku Klux Klan. I am going to do everything I can the rest of my life to repair the damage as best I can. I, I may not be able to fully repair it, but damn it, I'm going to try. I'm going to try my best to fucking do it. I will do whatever um, black religious people of color ask me to do. Whatever they have me to do to make it better for them without seeing them in an us versus them way, I will do it. So that has been proven to be true. Where they, they're sincere racial justice warriors. Back then they would not be allowed at a black religious people called a cookout. And now they get allowed because they've gone above and beyond to turn from their wicked ways of racism. And now they're saying, hey, I forgive myself. I hope you forgive me. And the way I'm forgiving myself is doing all the work that y'all are asking me to do and telling me to do because I tell myself to do all the racial justice work. So I don't mind you telling me to do it because I tell myself to do it first. And whatever y'all need me to do to make it better, whatever you need to do to prove to you I'm not a phony, I'm not a fake, that I'm sincere and I'm genuine from the heart, that's what I will do. I don't care if you ask me to do the same thing over and over again. I'll do whatever it takes for you to know that I'm on your side. I will correct white people in public in front of you. I will correct white people in private and then tell you what I did. Not to gloat, but I need y'all to know I'm doing more than just protesting. I'm doing more than marching. I am raising holy hell on corporate America. I'm raising holy hell on the government. I'm raising holy hell in my communities. I'm raising holy hell everywhere I go. If I see racism, I correct it on the spot and I dare them to have a problem with it because I don't mind physically scrapping with race up races if I have to. And 
I don't mind not being allowed in certain environments because I've changed. So you do have people who make themselves good. You have some people who they're just taught to be good. And they're taught good early. Some people are taught good later. Some people are taught good early and they turn out to be good. They have some people who are taught to be good, become evil. Um, They have some people who they're taught to be bad. They turn out to be good. That all these things happen too. So I would say, believers. I mean, hey, is this is all real? And then they will ask me about you know, like hell, right? I would say that hell is definitely on earth. Hell is a state of consciousness. That's been proven to be true. I also say that look. I don't fully know what happens when we die. Could it be possible that there could be a heaven? Maybe. That's, you know, could it be possible that there's a hell? Maybe. Could it be possible there's even a purgatory? Maybe. That's what I say to them. Like, maybe. Like, I don't fully know. I'm not saying they do exist. I'm not saying they don't exist. What I'm saying is... Life after death is possible. I don't fully understand it. I can't fully wrap my head around it, and that's okay. Do I hope that a heaven exists? Yes. And they'll ask me, okay, who do you think goes there? All decent people. Regardless of what you believed and knew, I mean, it's all good people. And then they'll ask me about hell again, and I would say, well... I prefer for there to be a, at least a temporal hell. Because I don't want people thinking you can do whatever bad you want and instantly go to heaven. Like, eh, that sounds like abusing the abuse of grace, and I don't like that. I would say at least have a temporal hell, a purgatorial hell, a purgative hell, a restorative hell, a remedial hell, a corrective hell. But. If there isn't, and it turns out to be everlasting hell, that could happen. I'm not fully certain. Um, I would say that that if you're a good person, everlasting hell is not your issue. That's what I would say. Um, I would say hope is a purgatory because some people have had um, mental disturbances outside of their control. And when I was speaking earlier, I, I never make fun of mental illness. I never make fun of people with disabilities. I never make fun of people with sexual issues. I was saying that's how the Bible writers depicted God because of the pro-genocidal rages I would see from God in the Old Testament. And the unnecessary famines I would see in the Old Testament. And hardening Pharaoh's heart, and you didn't have to. And having the firstborn sons in Egypt killed and blood on their doorposts. And pro-slavery talk in Exodus. That's why I feel like 
God has all these problems. According to what the Bible writers say. Now, believers would ask me about like resurrections, all the miracles Jesus did, all the miracles in the Bible, I would say as long as there can be human rights versions to all these miracles, then I love all these miracles. But if it's just all religious and antagonistic towards people who are not brought up as Christians, I can't accept that. Um... Some people would say, like, what do you think of archdemons? I would say, again, um, what's happening in politics today in terms of the rise of hate crimes sounds like archdemons to me. They could exist, you know, figurative, literal. I just know that people make themselves our students. Then they'll ask me about Satan. I would go, well, <sighs> people lead, can lead themselves to evil. Satan can be literal, figurative. I don't fully understand, but. People can adopt the characteristics of Satan. Um, and then I feel like some people ask me about do you think the Bible is divinely breathed by and inspired? I would say because I know believers are gonna. They they like to go they, they, they like to go there, but I like to go there before they do. They would go there either way. I would say I reject the religious Bible. But I am in favor of the human rights version of the Bible. I would love the human rights Bible. The Human Rights Bible, now that's divinely breathed divinely inspired. I don't think the religious one is. There's no human rights in demons. There's no human rights in archdemons. There's no human rights in Satan. Um, I like the human rights version of heaven and purgatory. I like human rights heaven, human rights purgatory. Um, temporal hell... I like the human rights version of the temporal hell, not the religious version. Um, I feel like I feel like the human rights Jesus is the historical Jesus. I feel like the black autistic abuse Jesus is the historical Jesus um the human rights Jesus is like a personal saint to me and
Yeah, that's, and I think also, you know, with, um, you know, believers would ask me about prayer. I don't mind human rights prayers. I'm not a fan of religious prayers. They'll ask me about devotions, devotionals. I don't mind human rights devotions, human rights devotions. I'm just not a fan of religious devotions, religious devotionals, but I love human rights devotionals. Even if you are faith-based, fine. Just make sure it's human rights for all based and not me, myself, and I, religiosity-based. You know, um... I would love for the human rights Jesus to be a non-fictional figure. That's why I I, want to say that the human rights Jesus was the historical one. Um, Because the Jesus I identify with is black like me knows what it's like to face racism like me. Autistic like me know what it's like to face ableism like me. And abuse like me know what it's like to have adults batter and bruise you like me. So those are all my thoughts on religion and let me finish a little bit more with the sex part then I'll finish organized crime towards the end. Another reason why I barely have sex and I casually date is because I've relieved myself of all the societal pressures concerning religion and sex. I relieved myself of all the religious pressures concerning relationships and sex. And I relieved all the pressures that romantic abuse and sexual abuse of my childhood brought against me, against my will. Also, I'm also at the point where I can relate to women men and non-binary adults 
and person-centered, heart-centered, compassion-centered, and empathy-centered ways. And what organized crime did in terms of harm relationships with women, men, and non-binary persons, it made it all sex-centered and body-centered and lust-centered. Now, I live a life of healthy love, healthy lust. If something's body-centered, it's healthy body-centered. Not bad body center like it was back then. And if it's sex centered, it's healthy sex centered. Um, I'm proud of myself for reversing all of the. the rashness that occurred. I'm not celibate, and at the same time, I am sexually judicious, and I'm romantically judicious too. I no longer masturbate out of pain, out of loneliness, out of sadness, out of depression, out of trauma. I now masturbate only to healthily relieve myself sexually. And once there's no more horniness for that day, for that moment, or for those hours, I don't. The only time I masturbate is if there may be too much come build up and so I release to in privately in private locations where it's okay to make sure I have healthy come quality quantity and amount healthy come stored in me Um, when the build up is too much I just release and when I sexually fantasize now, it no longer consists of the mainstream porn I used to watch. It consists of either ethical porn or the attractive people I see throughout the day. And I store their bodies in my head. So it's like creating ethical porn in my own mind. That's what I do. I masturbate more to that than the ethical porn. I no longer masturbate to any, you know, to, to the mainstream porn, the bad type. Now, good mainstream porn, I'll definitely jack off to that, but I mostly jack off to the ethical porn to create my own mind. And I'm at the point where people should watch me fucking suck more than I watch people fucking suck. That's true. That's, you know, people should be my voyeurs more than I am their voyeurs. I should be people's exhibitions more than people should be my exhibition. More than people, you know, more than I be at people's exhibitionists. People are my exhibitionists. They have to watch me in the nude more than I watch them in the nude. So, 
I've turned, I've changed, and I no longer masturbate to the sexual abuse traumas of my, of my past. I used to. I didn't know that it was affecting me badly, but, you know, lately it was. And I was like, oh, that was trauma, because I'm like, they look familiar, but I didn't know at the time in my head. I'm like, oh, those were the rapists. I shouldn't be uh, doing that. And I no longer feel bad about that anymore, because... I was like, oh, that's why I felt so triggered, so I don't pledge myself to that anymore. Um, and the last thing about sex under the organized crime is, is that there are people that are desperate, people that are not sexually ready, people that are not sexually responsible, not sexually accountable, um, people that would respond well with my extraordinariness but wouldn't know what to do with me regarding my extraordinariness don't know how to handle it don't know how to take it then there are people that try to make me completely untrue to myself and make me say things do things think things and feel things that are completely contrary to my nature so those are the people that I keep myself away from. Now, we're going, I mean, I no longer listen to dirty rap of hip-hop because it portrays sex in such a... grotesque, in nauseating way. I am a fan of, you know, ethical erotica in terms of video, literature, um, written and audio and so on and so forth, etc. I no longer suffer from sexual idolatry and sexual idol worship. What that means is I'm not someone who is recklessly sexually self-indulgent like I was inspired to be because of the trauma. Because the trauma taught me to have a sexual type of God complex and a sexual type of Messiah complex. So I had to let all the sexual trauma complexes go and keep them from re-entry forever. Keep them from re-entry forever. Now let's talk about organized crime.
Before I get to organized crime, I don't mind human rights, Christianity, human rights, religion, human rights, faith, human rights, spirituality, human rights, houses of worship, human rights, churches, human rights, mosques, human rights, temples, human rights, synagogues, human rights, Torahs, human rights, Qurans, human rights, pulpits, human rights, choir laws, human rights, pews. Human rights members within house worship and um, human rights leadership in the house of worship, either human rights ministries in the house of worship, um, human rights Christianity. I don't mind any of these things because they're about human rights for all. Now we can get to organized crime. So. The Mexican drug cartels had the same rules of the Mexican mafia that they lived under. The rules of conduct are a member may not be an informant, a member may not be a coward, a member may not raise a hand against another member without approval from the higher ups and leaders. A member must not show disrespect for any member's family, including sex with another member's wife or girlfriend. A member must not steal from another member. A member may not be homosexual, sex offender, child killer, child molester, or rapist. A member must not politic against another member or cause dissension within the organization. Membership is for life. The only way out is death. Retaliation must be carried out if anyone crosses. The drug cartels, no exceptions. Vendetta must be carried out even if it takes months, years, or decades. If a member of the drug cartels gets harmed or killed by someone else, such as police or another criminal gang, retaliation must be immediate and must be swift, brutal, and deadly. It's mandatory to assault slash kill all dropouts and traitors. The drug cartels come first, even for your own family, religion, and God. A member must not interfere with another member's business activities. A member must never harm children. A member must always treat another member's family with respect and kindness. A member must protect another member from harm. A member must treat another member like a brother. Now... The Mexican drug cartels and the Mexican mafia have all these rules. And I can honestly tell you that all these rules were broken. Organized crime. If you're breaking legal laws, then you're going to break pure evil's so-called laws. And before I go any further, there were members that weren't allowed to be non-binary or transgender, too. Um, By the way, homosexuality is not the same as sex offending 
homosexuality is not the same as child killing. Homosexuality is not the same as child molesting. And homosexuality is not the same as raping. All right, I just wanted to say that. Non-binary and transgenderism is not the same as sex offending. Non-binary and transgenderism is not the same as child killing. Non-binary transgenderism is not the same as child molesting. And non-binary and transgenderism is not the same as raping. That is my public service announcement. So, some, I would say a handful of Mexican drug cartel members or informants, they ended up being beaten and killed and robbed. They were cowards, a handful of cowards in Mexican drug cartels, beaten, killed, and robbed. Um, and remember, you know, when it talks about a member may not raise a hand against another member without approval from the higher-ups and leaders, that happened. And what happened to them? Beaten, killed, and robbed. A member must not show disrespect for any members' his family, including sex with another member's wife or girlfriend. Oh, there was some handful of Mexican drug cartel members who did have sex with other drug cartel members' his wives, fiancés, girlfriends, and casual sex buddies. What happened to them? Beaten, killed, and robbed. Um, a member must not steal from another member. There was thievery growing on in a handful of the Mexican drug cartels. What happened to them? Beaten, killed, and robbed. Um, membership is for life. The only way out is death. Well... How was I able to be let out? And some people able to be let out? We didn't bother anybody. If you didn't go around bothering people, you could leave and be alright. Because it's like, okay, they're not a threat. We're not going to worry about them after they leave because there's nobody in law enforcement looking at them. And... When we left, they're like, oh, they're not going to report us to law enforcement. We're good. Even if they leave, we're fine. And that's, and I didn't report them to law enforcement for years. Now I'm telling the world in a podcast. But we weren't seen as threats, so we got to leave. This is the drug cartels, okay? Um, A member... Must not politic against another member or cause dissension in the organization. Oh, that happened. Handful is like, it was a small amount of people in the cartels doing all these type of things. So that happened, right? It says a member must not politic against another member or cause dissension within the organization. Oh, that happened. What happened to them? You guessed it. Beaten, killed, and robbed. Um... A member must not treat another member... A member must treat another member like a brother. 
That didn't always occur because of the handful within the drug cartels. What happened to them? Beaten, killed, and robbed. That's what they did. Every If you broke the rules, you could get, you would usually get beaten, killed, and robbed for any infraction. It's a gang. A member must always treat another member's family's respect and kindness. That didn't always happen. So they were beaten, killed, and robbed. That's how the drug cartels dealt with their problems. If you, even if you broke the rule the first time, beatings, killings, and robbings. That's, that's how they define problem solving and conflict resolution. A member must never harm children. Oh, there was child abuse by some of the cartel members. What happened to them? Beaten, killed, and robbed. A member must not interfere with another member's business activities. That happened. What happened to them? Beaten, killed, and robbed. Lemme comes first. Even for your own fan, um, the drug cartels come first. Even for your own family, religion, and God. Oh, that, 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 that rule was broken. So the ones that broke the rule, they were beaten, killed, and robbed. Vendetta must be carried out even if it takes months, years, or decades. Um, if you planned a vendetta and never, and never carried it out, you were beaten, robbed, and killed. So if you said you had a vendetta, you had to eventually do it and do it as quickly as possible. If not, beatings, killings, and robbings would happen. And those things did happen. If a member of the drug cartels gets harmed or killed by someone else, such as police or another criminal gang, retaliation must be immediate, must be swift, brutal, and deadly. If you took too long with retaliation, you were beaten, killed, and robbed. Um, it's mandatory to assault slash kill all dropouts and traitors. Well... Some of them, some other members like, oh, I'll just let them live. I don't want to do nothing to them. And if you did not assault or kill, you were beaten, robbed, and k- killed. And that's what happened. There were some members like, I just, I don't, I just don't, I don't want to assault or kill them. I just want them away. That wasn't considered good enough, so the people were beaten, robbed, and killed. Um, Retaliation must be carried out if anyone crosses um, crosses the drug cartels, no exceptions. Well, if you just let something happen and you didn't have a retaliatory spirit, those people were beaten killed and robbed a member must not politic against another member or cause dissension dissension the organization i think i've read that before but i do remember that if your politics if your gang politics was not in line with the drug cartels politics you were beaten killed and robbed um Okay. 
Once it was found out that you were sex offender, the sex offenders that were found out to be in the drug cartels were beaten, killed, and robbed. The child killers were, who were found out, they were beaten, killed, and robbed. The child molesters that were discovered in the drug cartels were beaten, killed, and robbed. And the rapists that were found out were being killed and robbed, but they were very minute in number. Very minute. And the very minute were beaten, killed, and robbed. Now, the gay people, that's a different story. Um, and the drug cartels, from what I remember, organized crime is hypocritical homosexuality because it, there are some down-low people in organized crime. Then there are people who are openly gay. Now, if you were... Man, if you were considered not effeminate and let's say you had bass in your voice and you weren't flamboyant in appearance and you did not act stereotypically gay, which I hate stereotypes applied to gay people. I just, I just, say, I just think the stereotypes are harmful. Then they let you live. The drug cartels were kind of split on it. They're like, you know, hey, as long as you keep, you know, I mean, were there some gay people that were being robbed and killed? Yes. Um, But the rest weren't because these gay people were good at bringing in profits for them, bringing criminal networking connections for them which means that their criminalistic empires kept growing and these gay people were the ones that could set up events for the for criminals lavish parties so if you were the type of gay person that could bring in customers and people and the parties and kept it lavish and he kept them living lavishly. They're like, as long as you act stereotypically manly, we'll just tolerate it. That's what happened in the cartels, from what I remember. The cartels were the most into, like, parties. And they took me to these parties. Now, you're probably wondering, how was I protected from child killers and child molested sex offenders and rapists? It was understood. If you fu- the drug cartels in their thick Spanish accents, even though they would talk English to me, it was understood. Antonio is our meal ticket. Antonio is our meal ticket. I wish you motherfuckers would. That was the attitude. That's why they never came at me. It was understood. One, Antonio's the meal ticket. Don't kill the meal ticket. Don't beat up the meal ticket. Don't ever disrespect the meal ticket. Two, I was always, when I was around them, I was never by myself. When I would go places with them, they were, and whenever I would go places, they were there. So that's why they could net nobody in terms of those offenders and killers and molesters and rapists, they could never get at me. Because the drug cartels is like, look, we have to surround our meal ticket at all times. 
So what we're going to do is if he goes somewhere, we go with him. If we go somewhere, he goes with us. That was pretty much how I was kept from them. Now, you're wondering, but wait a minute. How is organized crime split on gay? Because not all criminals have a problem with homosexuality. Like, there were trans people where some beaten, killed, and robbed. Yeah, the rest weren't because they're transgender people. They knew how to keep the they knew how to keep the parties lavish. They knew how to keep people living lavishly. They were too in the criminal networking connections, and um, they too were um, the people that could bring that kept bringing the profits in. And I want to make it clear: criminality. Is not the same thing as transgenderism. Transgenderism is good. Criminality is bad. Okay? So I hate it when people make the transphobic, homophobic connection between transgenderism and criminality. It's fucked up. Um, Criminality is bad. Homosexuality is good. Okay? So I hate it when people assume law-breaking with LGBTQI plus people. No. Okay? But I'm just being honest about the fact that, yes, with an organized crime, LGBTQI, there are a small amount of LGBTQI plus criminals. So, LGBTQI plus is divisive in organized crime. Some criminals don't care. And some criminals do care. Some criminals are neutral. They're like, as long as we get to keep our criminal lifestyles going, eh, I don't have an opinion. Just eh, be nice to me, I'm nice to you, eh. That's how it is. And there's some criminals who just live let live. Then there are criminals who, you're not stereotypically manly. And you don't fit the gender binary. Oh, we, I, 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 you, I'm just uncomfortable. I can't deal with you. Then you guys, criminals who feel that way, but they won't do nothing to the LGBTQ plus criminals that I saw. Then others will. The violence, the murder, and the thievery. Yeah. So that's the thing. It's just, um, Every criminal is different on it. So that I can tell you. So I just wanted to tell you that. And. um, Okay. Now that I'm finished talking about organized crime. parties will be Sin City parties. The lavish Sin City parties. I would be partying, dancing with adults, which I did the most when it came to the drug cartels, more than the mafia and other organized crime syndicates I was part of, uh, against my will. Um... Last thing I want to say, need to say, 
is that I do remember like the Sin City parties you have criminals there and civilians not knowing all who the element is in there would be in there too it's a mixture of people that did do crimes and those that didn't but they all partake in the Sin City the ones that wanted to and they're criminals who didn't do the Sin City stuff and civilians who didn't so that's what would occur and I do really 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 want to say this um some criminals use sex workers for sexual services and some don't and some civilians use sex workers for sexual services and some did some don't I'm just telling you what I saw when I was a child and there were criminals who would do free sex with non-sex workers only. And then there are criminals who... Then there were civilians who, who would have um, free... There were civilians who had free sex with um, non-sex workers only, too. Then you had criminals and civilians who, because of their friendships with um, sex workers and having free sex with them, um, but they, you know, but they would mostly have sex with non-sex workers because the free sex would option wouldn't always be there sometimes. Sometimes it was, sometimes it wasn't, depending upon how the sex worker felt. And most of the time, the sex workers, can colonels and civilians, they would do discounts for the people they liked. They didn't like you, you had to pay the full price. Like, in other words, if they weren't close to you like that, you had to pay the full price too. And that came when it, that was true for all types of sex work though. Some people had to pay the full price whether they were criminals or civilians. Some people didn't have to pay the full price whether they were criminals or civilians. Um, but mo- they mostly went the free sex route with non-sex workers. It depended on their sexual proclivities for that moment, for that day. And that's all the fuck I need to say. After I say that law enforcement officials and non-law enforcement officials and civilians, they too would have to discount with sex workers, full price with sex workers, here and there, opportunities, free sex with sex workers, that happened too. Some of the non-law enforcement officials were... um, pulpiteers some were doctors some were dentists some were had highly prestigious positions and the rest were just 
average everyday Joe Schmoes. And now it's official, you know, that this is all the fuck I need to say. (laughs) 